Here they come, your Camarda wealth leaders, slashing taxes, dominating risks, relentlessly pursuing profits, protecting your assets, and keeping you in stitches while leading to greater riches. Your Camarda wealth leaders with Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, Sonia Embraceable U. Elia, Rob Bulmu Shevlin, also known as the financial anesthesiologist, you'll see why, and me, Jeff, I want to be a doctor, Camarda. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER, Camarda Wealth Education Radio. Let's face it, wealth matters to living a longer, better life for you and your family. Our goal is to painlessly educate you with uncommonly shrewd advice to help grow and protect your wealth. And while we aim to keep you laughing all the way to the bank, never imagine we're not dead serious about money. Jonathan Camarda is a certified private wealth advisor, certified financial planner, chartered market technician, chartered financial consultant, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified in mutual funds. Jeff is a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, chartered financial analyst, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified mutual funds. He's also an enrolled agent admitted to represent clients with unlimited IRS practice rights, holds a master's of science in financial services, and is a PhD student in the American American College's Financial and Retirement Planning Doctoral Program. Besides being Camarda's Chairman and Chief Investment Officer, Jeff is also a working research academic in Wealth Matters. The Camarda team believes deeply in financial education and expertise and is proud to have Dr. Tang Wei as our Chief Financial Analyst, who is also a university professor and working wealth research academic. Camarda Wealth Advisor Group offers private wealth management, including no commission portfolio management through Camarda Financial Advisors and other financial services as described in our boring end of the show disclosure. Folks, you are back for yet another edition of Camarda's Wealth Education Radio. We're here in the booth with Sonia Embraceable U. Elia. Happy holiday radio show, Sonia. Same to you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank to you. Thank to you. And Rob, the indefatigable moose, also known as Dr. Snores, <laughs> <laughs> or the financial anesthesiologist. How are you doing? How is it hanging today, moose? It's hanging. I'm doing quite well. It is majestically hanging. Thank you so much for uh, for the humility. And uh, unfortunately, Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, is still deep in his studies uh, for the first chart of financial analyst designation. Go, Johnny. We're sure you're going to get a very, very good score on CFA1. Uh, my uh, my thoughts are with you, having gone through the same experience about, I guess, uh, 15 years ago. Not an easy exam, but certainly worth uh, uh, certainly worth the uh, the study um, to increase your expertise. And I, I of course, I'm, I'm Jeff, I want to be a doctor of Kamada here on Kamada's Wealth Education Radio. Folks, uh, um, the, as uh, just as a reminder, as we, we get to the end of the year now, income taxes are, are such, you know, a, a, a silent or, or, or seeming invisible but significant part of the astute financial planning. You can save so much in taxes if you take a little time to learn what the rules are or get a proactive advisor that can help you in that quest. But at the time is really getting very short to take advantage of possibly some significant tax-saving ideas for 2015. And you'll be doing your taxes in just a couple of months, and uh, you could be looking at some pretty big savings, increased refund uh, when you do. So it's worth taking a little time to think about that. Um, we did a recent show uh, um, the, uh, devoted entirely to year-end tax planning. You probably should go back and listen to it, even if you, you heard it. 
um, and write down some of the tips that are useful to you. You can get that and all of our shows archived at wealthleader.org. Go back to wealthleader.org for a special year-end tax planning show. Uh, Could make you a lot of money. Today we're going to be talking about Retirement plan. Before you know, we get into retirement planning, and Sonia is a resident expert in those areas, so she'll re- lead the discussion. Uh, I just want to remind folks that the markets have been awfully volatile over the past six months. A lot of folks are concerned the U.S. markets are overvalued. There may be a lot of dangers out there you're not aware of. We've written a brand new report called "The Nine Biggest Dangers Facing Today's Investor" and how to avoid them. This could really help you sh- steer your your wealth ship safely through. Some stormy seas. Uh, to get it, you need only call us free, no cost, no obligation. 800 262 1083. Write it down now 800 262 1083. Sonia, what you got loaded up there? Um, well, actually, I found some interesting facts about uh, retirement funds, 401ks. And wanted to talk a little bit about habits for saving for retirement. But just a few facts first. So people within, and this information, I found it on a a blog on CNN when I was browsing there, but people within 10 years of retirement have saved an average of only $78,000. Wow. Scary. Doesn't get you too far. Not at all. More than one-third of them have less than 25%, and more than half of all employees have no retirement plan at all or zero dollars. Less than 25000 or 25000 Okay. 20, Did I say well, I'm sorry. 25000 yeah. So, and then breaking that down, the average 401k balances by age group, so millennials, 22 to 34-year-olds, have saved an average of about $16,500. Gen Xers, between 35 and 49 years old, $63,500. And really scary, baby boomers, um, age 50 to 67, have saved um, $129,000. So let's talk about those those facts a little bit before you continue on. And, you know, it just really underscores the point that Social Security remains for much of America... Um, really the only source of retirement income that folks will have if they, they don't want to work anymore. They simply can't work if you get too old and sick, you know, which is you know, an eventuality for virtually everybody. Um, that the Social Security system, which is, is in deep trouble now um, as, uh, um, the, uh, as we approach you know, the insolvency point and beyond, um, and uh, it's probably going to be some real big change, and I think it's obvious that it's, they're going to have to pair back benefits, increase taxes, and the folks that will probably see their benefits paired back the most are going to be those that there's a means test. If you have, you know, a couple of, you know, if you have an IRA, you have other, you know, other measures of wealth, maybe you don't get any benefit or it gets taxed away or, or some, other, uh, some other way to, uh, to lighten the load there for folks that really don't need it, which is really not a fair thing because they paid it over their life, but it's probably going to happen. You have a comment on that, Rob? I know that you do. Well, I think the other thing is that, you know, the younger people – who uh, you know, still have a long way to go to save, you know, they may end up finding that they have to pay more in for uh, Social Security and Medicare than what we currently pay today. Businesses may eventually see a higher rate that they have to pay. Uh, so you, know, you really want to be trying to sock it away when you can when you're young. Yeah. But, but all the older folks, I think if you haven't saved it by the time you're in your mid-50s or 60s, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to get by on the, uh, on the on, on social uh, 
security and other um, safety net systems and uh, or, or the, the largest of, of your family. But your point is a good one. Younger folks, you know, because and this, this happened, of course, because there's a lot more people living a lot longer in the Social Security system than were envisioned when it was set up back as part of the New Deal in the 1930s. You know, the, the, the demography of the, com- of the country has changed, and there are just too many, you know, too many people with, too much, with higher benefits um, than living too long. And the longer you live, the more it costs. Um, so it's – I'm sorry, sorry. No, I was just going to say on the what you're talking about with Social Security, currently Social Security benefits represent only about 38% of retirees' income. So it's covering less of, of your needs. And but, whereas but in it, 1950 there were 16 workers actually out there um, paying the benefit for every person on Social Security that has switched tremendously in 2010, there were only – Three workers for every beneficiary, and that's yeah, probably going to continue to go I think that, to that's a down. good point. But to the first one, it depends on you know the the the, the people you're talking about and where, where their wealth spectrum is. Those that are, that are toward the the poverty scale, it's probably a hundred percent, right? Much of their and those that are you know um, the, that are more affluent, it's probably small. They don't want to give it up, right? Um, but it doesn't really matter that much to them. And I think they, they keep chipping away at this, just like they did with the file to spend. Uh, the law change uh, a few weeks ago um, that that uh, you know the amount of Social Security available, particularly for more affluent folks, is going to kind of dry up. But back to your point, that that's the reason it's happened is because there are just there aren't enough people paying the FICA taxes to support the benefit, which is another good reason I think, in my view, not to wax too political, you know, for you know for for, for immigration reform. To get the folks that are they're here, they're working anyway. Tax them and have them pay into the social security system. We need the money, and and, and you know we're really missing a boat. But that's that's kind of tangential. Um, so Sonia, as we wrap up in the uh, the, the the first couple of uh, of thoughts in this segment, what would you, how would you conclude? You know what we've discussed so far, since this is your topic. Okay, well, just the the final little fact before we move into um, some more specific details of it, but. Um, how does the overall average 401k balance compare to what you need? So $3.5 million is the portfolio size needed to maintain an annual household budget of $140,000 a year. And that's using the 4% rule. However, the overall average 401k balance today is a little over $101,000. Or well as in 10%, more like right. 6 or 7% of what's needed. But that's, a, you know, that's to maintain, what, $120,000 for a joint life expectancy, mm-hmm. something like that? So I think the uh, – um, Rob, I'm sure that you'd like to chime in here. Um, but, I mean, it, the, the, the lack, the retirement crisis in this country is very real and coming to a head because there simply are not the resources – that people and the government need to be able to uh, to fund retirements for a lot of folks, right? No, big change coming. Well, that's why you know people really have to be reeducated on putting away money first. You know, and you've always talked about this. You know, you you know, you sock away that first ten percent for yourself before you think about spending it. Because if you do that now and you consistently do that and you you grow that money. Tax, tax deferred over time, you're going to have a lot more money for retirement than if you hadn't done that. Good. That's a great, uh, great segue, Rob. We'll uh, continue the retirement discussion as we continue past the break. And, folks, I wanted to uh, also let you know we have a brand-new report that uh, we'll release in the next couple of weeks. Get on the list. It is called Nine Retirement Traps That Could Ruin Your Life. The Nine Retirement Traps That Could Ruin Your Life. You'd be the very, one of the very first ones to get it, but you must call. No, no, no cost, no obligation, 800 Two six two one zero eight three. Call us eight hundred two six two one zero eight three. 
262-1083. Or just email the moose at Camarda.com. More on the moose after the break. Stay with us on Camarda Wealth Education Radio. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. This show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions or to request free white papers or other educational materials or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matter, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down, folks. 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Charlie Alpha, Mike Alpha, Romeo, Delta Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. Folks, you are back with your Camarda Wealth Education leaders here on Camarda Wealth Education Radio. You have me, Jeff. I want to be a doctor, Camarda. Almost there, I think. I'm going to finish my coursework uh, this December. Ha-ha. On to the comp exam and dissertation in 2016. Sonia, embraceable her, Elia. Hey, Sonia. Hiya. Hello again. And Rob, the indefatigable moose. Howdy. You email him at themoose at Camarda.com. Howdy, howdy do, moose. Uh, howdy does well. Howdy do. Howdy does. Howdy do. Uh, so, Sonia, continuing with the retirement uh, um, dilemma discussion um, the, and the crisis that this country really is, is, in, is increasingly sinking into, uh, what's your next uh, talking point there? Well, so the, the next thing that we probably need to look at and, and something that can really destroy your retirement plan is spending now rather than saving for tomorrow. Um, we've been, you know, looking at potentially buying a new home and I keep saying we can't afford it we can't afford what we have now but it also caused me to sit down and look at my budget too it was like oh my god we're just where's the money going so much money on eating out on duplication of cable bills and phone bills and cell phones and and so I think that that's probably pretty prevalent today. Yeah, you cut out food and housing, you could save an awful yeah, lot exactly. of money. Yeah, exactly. Live in a tent. <laughs> yeah, but it really is true. I mean, uh, we, we, we have... Of, that moose you're always tasting now, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, with all the feed you got to keep getting, it's, uh, it adds up. But, you know, I, <laughs> but I noticed the same thing. You know, uh, you know, your family is doing a lot of different things, and you have a lot less time that you might want to be at home. And I find that I'm, I'm eating out... Or, or bringing food in for the family, not even eating out as a, as a family at a restaurant, just bringing in stuff from the outside, and it's a couple of thousand dollars a month. You know, you start looking at what you pay for your cable and your cell phones. I mean, <laughs> you know, between paying for your phones, paying for the Internet, paying for, you know, cable or satellite, that could almost get up to a thousand bucks a month for a family. It can. It's expensive. It's crazy. Yeah, so obviously, you know, what is it that uh, a wise man once said, uh, uh, Carrie, I forgot, he's a psychologist, sales psychologist, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, Carrie Johnson. Carrie Johnson said, you know, that, uh, you know, when you're 
income exceeds your when your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep becomes your downfall. And uh, you that's know, why lot, he doesn't play tennis anymore for those witticisms. No, and, and a lot of folks, you know, business owners, and so forth. You had the opportunity to focus more on making more money, and as we talked about last week, and you really should go back and review our special uh, tax uh, uh, planning tips for the year end at wealthleader.org. Go back and listen to it, folks. Wealthleader.org could really save you a lot of money. But that's one way that most families can really increase their income, and it's completely off their radar, completely off their radar. Um, and it shouldn't be because you don't really have to work any more hours. You've got to get a little bit of skill or find somebody, a good, effective tax planner. And I'll give you an example, uh, Rob, without getting into too much detail. The, the ESOP strategy that you helped us to, uh, um, the, to generate a couple of years ago, which the Wall Street Journal, and by the way, if you'd like a copy of this article, and for business owners, you probably should take a look at it. Email me, not the moose uh, 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 at Camarda.com, but J, just a letter J as in Julia, J at C-A-M-A-R-D-A.com uh, for the Wall Street Journal a feature article on this tax uh, um, saving technique we're about to get into because you're in the right fact pattern, it can really save you a bundle. Um, but the, uh, um, this one innovative technique for businesses where it works, it takes completely, completely legitimately uh, taxes down to almost zero. And it's one business that I have in mind that went from paying $800,000 in taxes and not not having any really clue. And that's that's after some pretty good planning, by the way. Setting up a pension plan and expenses and a lot of other complicated planning, but still was down to $800,000 a year to virtually nothing, to virtually nothing. And we had a discussion with one of our other partners on that yesterday and he says that, you know, it, it, it's even more affirmed based on the developing law and the case law and so forth that, that how viable a technique it is. But if that's huge. You know, without getting, getting into details, a lot of folks wouldn't care. If you, if you, but if you're a business owner, you really should email me, j at camarda.com. I'll send you a copy of the Wall Street Journal piece by PDF. I'll just return your email. Um, but it can be huge. So that's a way, you know, I rely on my soapbox here, but can you think of a an easier way for most families to make more or have more discretionary income than cutting back your taxes? No, I think that uh, that probably has some of the biggest effects. You know, and I can tell you, smart tax planning, as well as, you know, we talked about it on the last show, the ability for, particularly for business owners, but to be able to shift income from higher tax-paying members to lower ones within the family, many times that can drive more money to be able to pay for college for a family than any other strategy. Uh, you know, I used to be in the business of helping people fund college as well as the impact it had on retirement. And, you know, we were trying to game the financial aid planning system. Well, the, really, the thing is you can use the tax benefits to really drive the economics for finding dollars to pay for your kid's school. And that can benefit a lot of people, not just business owners. Yeah, so to get back, you know, to your agenda, Sonny, I'm sorry that we segue, but this may be helpful, you know, as you look at your own housing dilemma, finding ways, because you guys own a couple of businesses, too, um, that your, your, your husband does, that, that I'm sure you're probably more involved, perhaps, than he would even admit to enjoying. <laughs> um, but, you know, your family owns several businesses, and for business owners, the, the opportunity for his tax savings really can be quite profound. So that might be a way to scare up some more money to go out to... Uh, 
uh, to Denny's or whatever you're, squ- <laughs> you're squandering your money on now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, back to your agenda, madam. Okay, thank you very much. All right, so we had mentioned earlier what three and a half million is the portfolio size needed to maintain an annual budget of one hundred forty thousand using the four percent rule. And and who has that? And by the way, the four percent rule, you know, is is widely believed to understate the amount of income that's actually needed. Right. You know, the old begging rule back from the mid nineties. But I mean, how many people do you know that had that? We have a number of our clients do, you know, but even many of them that have significant savings don't have enough. Well, it's it's interesting about the number that you used. I'm meeting with somebody coming up. This person is a professional, makes very good money and wanted me to do a financial plan for her because her goal was I want to be able to retire on $12,000 a month after taxes. And I said, well, geez, even if I just use that four simple 4% rule concept, you still need th- over $3 million a year accumulated just to generate that income, and you're not anywhere close, and you do very well. So, you know, a lot of people don't have realistic expectations. So no, all- they don't. And I was going to – sorry to interrupt, but mm-hmm. – um, sure. the, the, not really. Um, but it, And then there's these unrealistic expectations of what retirement's going to look like, but it's not based on anything other than – what they've idealized, what they picture in their head, maybe what happened with their parents, whatever it is. But at least she sought out help from a professional, and that's an important part of making these retirement decisions is actually working with someone who has the resources to help you make an informed decision. So if you don't get help at Camarda, get help somewhere. <laughs> Continuing, Sonia, you know, the, actually it was like the old Henny, Henny Youngman uh, joke, remember, from Goodfellas? I went to my doctor, gave me six months to live, couldn't pay the bill, gave me another six months. <laughs> <laughs> yes? All right, next. Um, confusing owning many funds with diversification. And ah. I think that we actually see that a good bit when we do the, the portfolio reviews for um, you know, folks that come and visit with us initially. We get their statements, and they, fill, you know, they have 20, 40, 70 funds sitting there and think that they're well diversified. But then when we actually do the analysis, 70% of it's in large cap funds. So, the, so just having a lot of stuff there doesn't mean that you have... Yeah, that's a really good point. We see that when we do free portfolio stress tests uh, all the time is and we look at the overall allocation of somebody's, all of their investment accounts or even just the 401k. Sometimes that's all I have. And they have a lot of different names there, a lot of different funds. But there's so much overlap between them that they really have a lot less diversification and a lot more concentrated risk than uh, they might want or, or appreciate. Yeah, you see that a lot awful also with fund families that have fund of funds. They're investing the money in other funds they got. And so you may be in one, two or three funds, and then you go into the fund of funds. Yeah. You know, you're expanding the concentration into those funds, and some of them have very high concentrations in a certain limited number of assets. Yeah, it's amazing how prevalent this is. In fact, as a family member that asked for my advice on a 403B, and I won't mention any names, of course, but it's a substantial account, you know, a good fraction of a million dollars. And uh, the four three B salesperson suggested they all put it into one fund. Well, all that's into one fund, and why not a target date fund either? It's one balanced fund. Well, that's interesting that you say that. I, I we're th- taking down here, Rob. We're taking okay, down. I'll talk about it on the next. Segment. All right, so folks, we will uh, again. Uh, um, the, uh, the 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 if you'd like to get more information on this, please call us. We'd we'll be very happy to get you one of our free retirement investment uh, dangers reports. Uh, uh, very useful reading. Uh, you can put to work yourself or with your existing advisor, but you need to call us at 800-262-1083, 800 262 
1-800-227-1083. Stay with you, Camarda Wealth Education leaders after the break. More scintillating conversation about retirement matters and how you can improve your retirement prospects and perhaps even a piano uh, rendition by our favorite moose. We'll see what pops up. Stay with us. Be back right after the break. You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antlin Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Radios right here on this station. This show is recorded, but you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish or want free reports or other educational materials. Uh, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. 